ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah alhamdulillah we continue going over the tremendous book by the fadilat al-shaykh al-allama imam bin baz rahimahullahu ta'ala the book which is entitled durus al-muhamma li'amat al-ummah the book which is entitled important lessons for the general masses of the ummah we are still on the section that deals with the the arkanul iman the pillars of iman and the fadilatul shaykh shaykh abdul razaq he mentions as does other than him from the ulama they mention that what enters into the belief in the first pillar of the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that what enters into that is believing in three affairs or three affairs they enter into that so the proper belief in three affairs then it enters into that which is necessitated by the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the first of those affairs and what the shaykh mentioned then that was the singling out of Allah jalla wa ala alone as relates to his rububiyyah as relates to his rububiyyah his lordship secondly the shaykh mentioned the shaykh abdul razaq bin shaykh abdul mushan al albad al badr hifdhumullah ta'ala hifdhumullah ta'ala he mentioned singling out Allah alone 
as relates to his names and his attributes. Which brings us to the third of these essential matters and these pillars as relates to the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is the singling out of Allah azza wa jal alone as relates to his uluhiyyah as relates to his uluhiyyah na'am al-uluhiyyah أي بأنه وحده الإله is singling out Allah Azza wa Jal alone in His divinity meaning that Allah Azza wa Jal He is the Ilah He is the one who is worshipped in truth He is the true He is the true Ma'bud he is the one who is worshipped in truth. Allah Azza wa Jal. Naam. La sharika lahu. And there are no partners. No partners whatsoever associated with Allah Azza wa Jal. لِأَنَّ الْإِلَاهِ Because the meaning of الْإِلَاهِ It means الْمَأْلُوهِ Naam. The meaning of Al-Ilah Al-Ilah Bima'na Al-Ma'luh Naam Al-Ma'luh Ma'na Al-Ma'bud It means Al-Ma'bud The one who is worshipped Naam The one who is worshipped Allah Azza wa Jal He is the one who is worshipped And true in truth Everything outside of Allah that is worshipped, that it is worshipped and falsehood. It is worshipped and falsehood. To worship it is falsehood. Because it is a false God. It is a false deity. So, at Tawheed al-Uluhiyya, when we understand a little better the meaning of al-Uluhiyya, then we see why some of the ulama they refer to it as a tawheed al ilahiyya the tawheed of divinity naam al ilahiyya the tawheed of the one who was worshiped meaning that all of the worship it belongs unto allah azza wa jal and we will understand why some of the ulama they refer to it as tawheed al ibadah the tawheed of worship Singing out Allah alone in worship. Naam. So all of these meanings are very similar and tantamount mean the same thing. Naam. Al Uluhiya, Al Ilahiya, Al Ibadah. Naam. That all of the ibadah belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That all of the ibadah, it belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at the end of the affair, although there are certain intricacies that of, of differentiation, the end result and the overall meaning and takeaway and concept, it points to one concept, and that is that 
Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. And that everything that is worshipped outside of Allah, that it is worshipped in falsehood. All of the ibadah, it belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Iman, Shaykh Abdul Razak, he goes on to mention, Al-Iman bi-wahdaniyyatillah Azza wa Jal, that the Iman in Allah, in, 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 in Allah Azza wa Jal, as relates to his uluhiyyah, in the fact that he is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. He is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah, as Allah Ta'ala, he says, inside of his noble book, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ And they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone, making all of the religion sincerely for Him. This ayah, it's tremendous in a sense, it's tremendous in every sense of, 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 of yani, the word, in every angle. But uh, uh, Sheikh Fozani points out something here. Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah, He is informing us about the command that was given to previous nations. وَمَا أُمِرُوا And they were not commanded. And in this there is a proof and an evidence that the deen is by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and is not that which is left up to the whims of individuals. So it is not an individual that it will make up what they want to make up and invent what they would like to invent, but rather deen is by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So thus, Allah ta'ala says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا And they will not command it, because the deen is by the command of Allah azza wa jal. And Allah azza wa jal, He commanded them to worship Him and to worship Him alone, Making all of the religion, all of their way of life, all of their life sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As it comes in Surah Al-Bayyinah, verse number 5. Allah azza wa jal, and also as Allah azza wa jal, He says, Worship Allah alone and do not associate partners with Allah in worship. Naam. This here is of tremendous importance because as Shaykh Saleh Abdul Aziz and Shaykh he points out, it points us to a very distinct characteristic of the prophetic call of the prophetic da'wah. And that is the prophetic da'wah is a da'wah that is detailed. It's not a da'wah that is general. It's not a da'wah that leads to ambiguities. But it is a da'wah that is clear and is a da'wah that is detailed. Naam. The ulama they point out, they say because if you were to go to the Jews and the Christians, for example, and you were to say to them, we have to be of those people of monotheism. We have to be monotheist. Because the way of Ibrahim والسلام, was monotheism. And that the true religion is a religion that calls to monotheism. There is not a single Jew or Christian who will debate with you on that fact. Not a single one. If you went to a Jew and a Christian and you said, worship Allah, none of them will debate you on that. They will all agree with you. And if, and if they were to be asked about you, 
they will say what they are saying is true and I agree with it. It's correct. It's good. What they're saying is good. Worship Allah. Now, if you went to a Christian or a Jew and you said, worship Allah, they will agree. They will agree. Right? Allah Azza wa Jalla in this ayah, He says, Allah. Worship Allah. Does the verse end like that? No. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He brings the details. So Allah Azza wa Jalla, He says, وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا And do not associate anything as a partner with him in worship. Naam. So thus, this ayah shows us the way of the prophetic call is that they call their people to establish the tawheed and they were very clear about staying away from shirk. So worship Allah alone. Do not worship other than Him. Worship Allah alone. Do not worship angels. Worship Allah. Do not worship prophets. Worship Allah. Do not worship trees. Worship Allah. Do not worship rocks. Worship Allah. Do not worship the sun. Worship Allah. Do not worship the moon. Worship Allah. Do not worship the stars. So on and so forth. It is a da'wah that is very detailed. It leaves no ambiguities. It, need, it leaves no wiggle room for misunderstanding. لا إله إلا الله لا معبود بحق إلا الله None has the right to be worshipped the truth except Allah. It's very clear. The Quraysh, they understood this. By saying لا إله إلا الله You cannot worship other than Allah. By saying لا إله إلا الله You cannot worship اللات والعزة ومنات You cannot worship them. Because why? لا إله there is none that has the right to be worshipped illallah except Allah. Because Allah, He is the truth. Nothing is worshipped in truth except Allah. Allah is the only one who is worshipped in truth. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقُّ وَأَنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ بَاطِلٍ that is because Allah, He is the truth. And verily that which is called upon other than Him, meaning that which is worshipped other than Him, that it is done so in falsehood. It is done so in falsehood. So our da'wah is a da'wah that is clear. It's not a da'wah that is unclear. It's not a da'wah that leaves uh, room for interpretation so that, the, so that the Christian believes that it's okay for him to pray to Isa. It doesn't leave room for interpretation for him to believe it's okay for him to pray to Maryam or to pray to the apostles or to pray to their saints, so on and so forth. But it is a da'wah that is clear. Worship Allah and Allah alone. Do not worship Jesus, alayhi salatu salam. Do not worship Maryam, alayhi salatu salam. But rather worship Allah and Allah jalla wa'ala alone. Naam. Allah azza wa jalla. Allah azza wa jalla says, وَلَقَدَ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةً رَسُولًا أَنِعْبَدُ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُ الطَّابُوتِ And Allah Ta'ala says what it means, and we send to every nation a messenger proclaiming, worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities. Naam. Worship Allah alone and stay away from the false deities. This ayat is tremendous. Because it shows us here and establishes that what? That all of the messengers went to their nations 
telling their people to worship Allah alone. Naam, to worship Allah alone. And telling them to stay away from the false deities. The expression to stay away from the false deities is an expression that is stronger in its prohibition than just prohibiting the false deities by itself. Right? It is stronger in its prohibition. Okay? Because not only is it prohibiting the worship of these things, but it also prohibits anything that will lead to the worship of these things. So it prohibits not only the destination, but it prohibits all roads that take you there. Now, so this is more, this is more stronger in its prohibition. Now, that makes sense? I give you an example to show another example which shows the strength of the yani uh, of, of this type of prohibition Allah Ta'ala says wala taqrabu zina and do not go near to fornication it's stronger than saying don't fornicate now it's stronger than saying don't fornicate i give to you an example of a candy store right and to show you the superiority of the deen of Islam and to show you how the other ways are ways of corruption and the ways that are crooked in every manner. Even when they try to be right, they're wrong. Right? Because those evangelical Christians and those Mormons and these other Christian groups that claim to be very practicing of their religion, although they say they prohibit fornication and they do not uh, advocate fornication. At the same time, they allow dating. Right? At the same time, they allow dating. Boyfriend, girlfriend. And certain acts of affection, be it holding hands, a hug, so on and so forth. Correct? But to show you how their way is inferior, this is the reality. Their way is inferior because it's false. Their religion is false. To show you an illustration of how their way is inferior is, and this is a question I pose to some Christians, showing them the superiority of Islam. Is that when we are prohibited from a thing, we are also prohibited from the road that leads to that thing. And when you look at it, it makes more sense this way. And it's more merciful upon the slaves this way. So I bring the example of a candy shop. Right? Of a candy shop. If there was a particular type of candy, or if all of the candy in the candy shop was off limits, 
right? So you cannot eat the candy. You with me? You cannot eat the candy. The Christian way tells you, but you can enter into the candy shop. You can look at the candy. You can touch it. You can pick up the candy. Don't unwrap it. Don't unwrap it. But you can you can touch it. You can pick it up. Right? Whatever the case is. But don't eat it. Is that not but torture? <laughs> right? Is that not but torture? Now, given that type of protocol, the percentage of the violation of that is going to be a lot. Because it's, it is within your grasp, but yet you're told do not eat it. Most people, are, they're going to do what? They're going to eat it. Right? If you if, if 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 you tell children, don't eat the cookies, but yet you give each one of them a cookie, they can hold it. Most of the children is gonna eat the cookie. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> no, that's what they say. It's because the akal is is mafi. It's because their intellect is gone. This is the reality, right? This is the reality. Because even kids understand, and then when you then if you were to scold the child for eating the cookie, right? Even the logic of a child's brain will say to you, what? Why'd you give it to me? If you didn't want me to eat it, why, why, why did you give it to me? Why, why did you allow me to touch it? Why do you allow me to touch it and then want me to control myself? No, I'm going to eat it. So, I tell them, what makes more sense? That you're, that you're able to touch the candy and... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, touch the wrappers of the candy and so on and so forth, and maybe you know, whatever. But you cannot eat it. I said, does that make more sense? Or if you're told don't touch the candy, you're also told don't go on the street of the candy store. Don't enter the candy store. Don't go on the street of the candy store. Don't go to any adjacent street that will lead you to the street of the candy store. Stay away from the roads that lead you to the district of the candy store. Which one makes more sense in accomplishing the goal of not eating the candy? And they said, of course, the, the, the way you mentioned. I said, and this is why, in Islam, this is why the guidance in which we are upon is the way it is. This is why the men lower their gaze and the women lower their gaze. This is why the sexes don't intermingle. This is why a man does not speak to a woman nor a woman speak to a man in seclusion. This is why they don't touch each other. They don't shake hands even with the opposite sex. This is why there is no dating. There's no boyfriend and girlfriend in the deen of Al-Islam. So on and so forth. Once you put it into that overall perspective, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. Oh, I understand. Now I get it. Now, and sometimes... You may have to have this conversation with an individual who will ask you something as simple as, well, how come you wouldn't even shake her hand? Now, you maybe if, if, if it is suitable, you explain. If it is suitable, you explain. Well, this is why. Because it don't make sense. I can shake her hand, but then, you know what I'm saying? But So this prohibition, stay away from the false deities. It's stronger. Stay away from them, period. Anything that leads to them, stay away from them. Stay away from them. So this shows you that our da'wah is a da'wah that's what? 
is very detailed. It's very detailed. It leaves no room for misinterpretations. And your Lord has decreed that none be worship except for Him. That none be worship except for Him. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, He has commanded that none be worshipped except for Him. He has commanded that none be worshipped except for Him. Jalla wa'ala. Wa kama qala jalla wa'ala. As Allah Ta'ala he said upon the tongue of Ibrahim, Except for the, yani, that Ibrahim والسلام, he told to his people, Verily I'm free from that which you worship, except for the one who has fashioned me, except for the one who has created me, the one who has fashioned me. Naam. When you look at this construction here, this here, is from the proofs of the correct meaning of La ilaha illallah. Because in La ilaha illallah, it has two pillars. Remember, it has two pillars. And nafi wa ithbat. Negation and affirmation. And those pillars come in that order. The negation comes first, then comes the affirmation. The negation is negating everything that is worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the affirmation is affirming worship for Allah and for Allah alone. Where is the negation found? In which part? Which one? Ahsad. It's found in La ilaha. Because in that, you're, you're negating worship for everything that the people worship. Naam? And, and then you have the ithbat. Then you have the affirmation. And that affirmation comes where? Illallah, except for Allah. Meaning that what? That we don't worship anything. We don't worship anything except Allah. Meaning, Allah is the only one we worship. If it's not Allah, we do not worship it. Period. We don't care how great of an individual it was, how great of a personality, how righteous a person. If it's not Allah, we don't worship it. We don't worship the sun. Why? It's not Allah. We don't worship the moon because it's not Allah. We don't worship a tree or a rock or, a, or an angel or a prophet because it's not Allah. We worship Allah, the one who created all of those things. Naam. So in Ibrahim's statement, where do we see the negation in his statement and where do we see the affirmation? The negation is where? I'm free from what you worship. Naam, that's negation. Innani ta'abudun. I am free from what you worship. That's negating. And then he said what? Except for the one who created me. Naam. That I'm free from what you worship except for the one who created me. In this ayah, or in these two verses, there is a delete which shows that what? That the kuffar, the polytheists, some of them direct worship to Allah. That some of them worship Allah. Naam. 
Now, of course, their worship of Allah, because it's mixed with shirk, it doesn't count. It don't count. But the point is, is that there are times where they direct their worship to Allah. So from the things that they worship, right, is Allah. They worship Allah. And that's why Ibrahim, alayhi salam, he brought an exception. He said, I'm free from what you worship, except for what? Except for Allah. That makes sense? Nah? So this is the indication that the, that the kuffar, some of them, they claim or they try to direct ibadah to Allah. So with this being the case, the kuffar, they do not get credit for occasionally directing acts of worship unto Allah. They don't get credit. Why? Because in essence, they, this is what they have always done. But yet they're still kuffar. It has not entered them into Islam. Why? Because they did not implement a tawheed and uluhiyyah. That makes sense? So with this being the case now, then we see that the call of the anbiya and the rusul, the prophets and the messengers, was not to call their people to believe in the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's to prove it wasn't to call them to believe in his existence is that they used to worship Allah. So they knew he existed. So it wasn't about convincing them that Allah existed. So these individuals who come now and they try to say, well, they believe in Allah. Why? Because they acknowledge his existence. Okay, the kuffar acknowledge his existence and they still kuffar. That's not the point. The point is what? Is to call them to worship Allah and Allah alone. To stay away from shirk. Don't give acts of ibadah. Don't give acts of worship to other than Allah. Worship Allah and Allah alone. So the enmiyah and the rusul, they called their people to establish a tawheed and uluhiyah. This is what they called their people to establish. A person will say, okay, let's, let's, let's go over some examples. Like what? What are some examples? The, the prophets and the messengers... When they went to their people, they will call them to worship Allah and Allah alone. So they will say, Right? Many of the prophets and the messengers, when they went to their people, they would say to their people, or the prophets and the messengers rather we should say. When they went to their people, they said to their people, worship Allah alone. Worship Allah alone. You don't have anything that is worshipped in truth except for Him. So calling them to establish the ibadah and to stay away from the, the false deities. Naam. Yusuf, alayhi salam, when he was in jail, when he was in jail, falsely imprisoned, his companions, or the two that, that were in jail that came to him asking them to Tell them what was the meaning of their dream, of each of their dreams. All of the situations that's going on in jail and what will land the individual in jail, right? From crimes and immoral behavior and so on and so forth. Look at what Yusuf alayhi salam he pointed out to them when he was giving them da'wah. Listen to what his da'wah was. He said unto them, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of, he said unto them, 
متفرقون خير من الله الواحد القهار. He said, are many different lords, are many different objects and things in which people they worship in. Is that better or Allah the irresistible? Is that better or Allah the irresistible? Now, so he called them what to worship Allah subhanahu wa taala. Now, it is important to understand that just because people have named these things gods does not inflate their value and make it as such. Not at all. These are just names in which they have invented. So Yusuf alayhi salam, he, he, he pointed this out to, to, to these ones, that that which they are calling upon, then these things are false. These things are not correct. These things are things that were invented. They are false deities. Naam? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he informs us that Yusuf alayhi salam, he said unto them, Now, tell me this is not detailed da'wah, and tell me this is not da'wah that is straightforward and direct. This is not the beat around the bush type of stuff. This is straightforward and direct. This is not to say that there are not times that you will have to say something that in an indirect manner. Now, sometimes you can say stuff in an indirect manner, and, and, if the, and, if, and if you feel that the person will catch and understand what is meant and intended, then this is a good thing, and at times this is beneficial. But there's always going to come a time when you have to be straightforward and direct. Now, straightforward and direct. That doesn't mean being belligerent or disrespectful, but you can be straightforward and direct. Now, so he said to them, straightforward and direct. ما تعبدون من دونه إلا أسماء سميتموها أنتم وأباؤكم ما أنزل الله بها من سلطان. He said you only worship in things or those things which you worship other than Him. These are just invented names and things that you invented. Names that you all made up, you and your forefathers, of which Allah did not send down any authority. These things in which you worship it, these are names that y'all done made up. Allah didn't send down any authority to worship these things. So he was clear. What is If that's not straightforward and direct telling them what you worship in is false. These are false deities. These things ain't even real. This is fictitious, made up. Imaginary type of stuff is not real. Allah did not send you down any authority to worship these things. Likewise, look at the da'wah of the Prophet Allah Azza wa Jal, inside of his noble book, in showing the falsity or fallacy of Allah wal Uzza wal Manat, what does Allah Ta'ala say about them? إِنْ هِيَ إِلَّا أَسْمَاءٌ سَمَّيْتُمُوهَا أَنْتُمْ وَآبَاؤُكُمْ مَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ That verily, these are just names that you all made up and invented. These things that you call in gods, these things that you have invented. You made this stuff up. These things ain't really gods. You invented this. You all have invented this, this, this concept. These are just things that you and your forefathers have made up, of which Allah has sent down no authority. Allah Ta'ala, He has sent down no authority for the likes of these things. So the point is, as the ulama they mentioned, as Shaykh Uthameen, Shaykh Uthameen, Rahmatullah Alayhi, he mentions, he says, وَتَسْمِيَتُهَا آلِهَا لَا يُعَظِّمُهَا حَقُّ الْأُلُوهِيَّةِ He said, and just because these things have been named gods, have been named deities, 
they said this does not inflate them to having a right to anything from worship. Now, that makes sense? Now. Right. Sheikh Abdul Razak, Ta'ala, he goes on and he says, Al Iman, he says, and believe in singling out Allah alone as relates to all of the ibadah, that all of the worship belongs to Him and Him alone. He said, then this is the belief that, that Allah, that verily He is the only thing that is worshipped in truth. And that nothing is worshipped in truth except for Him. And to make all of the religion sincerely unto Allah Azza wa Jal. And to single him out alone in ibadah. To single him out alone in ibadah. It's clear, right? <laughs> SubhanAllah. He says, so this means that the slave, he must single out his Lord alone as relates to his humility, as relates to yani, him subjugating or subjugation, that he, he, that he yani, surrenders to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as relates to his bowing, as relates to his prostration, as relates to his slaughtering, as relates to his uh, taking of oaths, he says, and other than that, from the acts of worship. That's that's clear. He brings examples. It's not to, as a restriction, but he brings examples, saying that all acts of worship belong to Allah and Allah alone. He says, And this is what is pointed to by La ilaha illallah. Fala yad'u illallah. So they do not call upon anything. They do not supplicate to anything except Allah. And they do not seek help in times of peril except with Allah. He does not raise his hands in supplicating except unto Allah. So whoever raises up his hands and he extends his hands and he says, Oh Messenger of Allah, or he says, Oh so-and-so, then this is a person who does not know the reality of how to believe in Allah. This is a person who does not know the reality of what it means to believe in Allah. Nor does he know the reality of what the prophets and the messengers they call their people to. He doesn't know what is the way, he doesn't know what is the call of the prophets and the messengers. He doesn't know what is the religion of the prophets and the messengers. Allah Ta'ala, he forms this out of his Quran, Qur, say, It's to say, that verily my salah, my prayer, and my slaughtering, and my life, and my death belongs unto Allah, is for Allah, the Lord of all that exists, without associating any partners with Him, 
with this I have been commanded. You see the consistency in the truth? Allah Ta'ala says, And they will not command it except to worship Allah alone. Huh? Then we have here, And with this I have been commanded. Tawheed. Tawheed. And that shows you the That shows you the falsity and the falseness of Christianity. Our Christianity is not true. Right? Because the Christian will have you believe that all of the prophets were on something until Isa. And then when Isa came, the Aqidah changed with a, with a polar change, yani, polar difference. Now, because they'll admit that Ibrahim he broke the idols and he called his people to worship Allah and Allah alone. They will admit that in the Ten Commandments, the first commandment says, Thine shall have no God before thine God, for thine is a jealous God. They'll admit that. So worship Allah and Allah alone. But then they'll say, But when Jesus came, and we know they're lying. Because not Isa, Isa son, that taught him that. It was Paul, the liar, who taught them that. Paul, the liar, taught them to pray in the name of Jesus. Paul, the liar, taught them Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Paul, the liar, taught them the Trinity. So Paul, the liar, he the one that taught them these things. They attributed to Isa unjustly, Isa's freefulness. Isa called it Tawheed. But they will have you believe this was the correct way all the way. Then Isa coming is different. Alhamdulillah. What lies do they say about the prophets and the messengers? What lies do they say about the demon of Allah? What lies do they say about Allah that shows you that their way is false? Because how truth is going to be one thing and then it change. Truth is truth. You understand? Two plus two, it always equal four. It's not going to evolve into something else. It's not going to be ten, you know, a million years from now. It's always going to be four. It wasn't different. Two plus two wasn't different in the time of Nuh. Two plus two wasn't different in the time of Ibrahim. Two plus two wasn't different in the time of Isa. Two plus two was different in the time of Muhammad. It is always equal four. Always. Because truth is truth. Truth don't change. Now, if, there, if, if we have consistency in this arithmetic, this point of arithmetic, Huh? What's more important, that or the aqidah, the creed? Huh? What's more important, that or our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Aqidah, no doubt. Now, so they wanted to believe aqidah change, but arithmetic stay the same? Yes, Now, and that shows you how their way is false. Their way is false. No one with a brain could accept that. That it was like this for all this time, but then what? So then I asked them, I said, none of your. Uh, in your book, and according to your own teachings, according to your own acknowledgement, none of the previous prophets and messengers taught their followers to pray in the name of Jesus, nor anything about Jesus being the Son of God. Nor about Jesus being God and the Holy Ghost being God too. So were they upon falsehood, and y'all is right, or y'all wrong and they was right? Which one is it? 
It, it puts them in a bind. It's a question. You can't answer that question, honestly. And then say you're going to remain or not. Inside, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. So I have to point these things out to that Christian person that was trying to talk to me. I told him, I said, you see, this is why I'm not a Christian. This is why I left Christianity. It's exactly why I left Christianity. Right? Because, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's not consistent with how truth is. You understand? It shows you that their way is false. The way of the prophets and the messengers is consistent. Ma'am, it's consistent. Their aqidah was one. Their aqidah was one. It did not change because the truth don't change. Truth doesn't change. Ma'am. So we find here in this ayah, وَبِذَلِكَ Muslimin, And with that, I have been commanded and I'm the first from the Muslims. Ma'am. وَبِهَذَا التَّوْحِيدِ أُمِرَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ وَأَمْضَ حَيَاتَهُ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ فِي الدَّعْوَى إِلَى هَذَا التَّوْحِيدِ وَهَذَا الْإِخْلَاصِ And this is the Tawheed that the Prophet Sallallahu he, he called to and that he spent all of his life calling to it. He spent all of his life calling to Tawheed and calling to the sincerity. Now, this is, this is of tremendous importance. You hear people say that the Prophet Sallallahu he taught Tawheed in Mecca. Right? And some people misunderstand what this means. Naam, he taught Tawheed in Mecca, right? But this doesn't mean he didn't teach Tawheed in Al Medina. The Prophet Sallallahu taught Tawheed the whole of his, the whole of his, um, uh, the whole of his his call, all of his mission. He taught Tawheed from beginning to the end. Naam. An example of this. Is, is the famous hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said he taught Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma now mind you he taught Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma when he was young he was young right in fact yani the, 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 the hadith itself the wording of it points to the fact that this is when Ibn Abbas he was young and likewise, historical facts, again, when he was born and what age he was when the Prophet died, he was young. The Prophet said to him, Ya Ghulam, u'animuka kalimat. He said, Oh young boy, I'm going to teach you some, some words. Oh young boy, I'm going to teach you some words. Naam. From that in which he taught him, and at a midnight, this is a young man. This is a young man. From that in which he taught him, the Prophet said, If you ask, ask Allah. Uh-huh. It's Tawheed. Now, he's teaching this young man, this little boy. Tawheed. If you ask, ask Allah. But I want you to just reflect on the life lessons that, 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 that he gave him. Now, just reflect on it. This is not the time to get into it. Uh, but just reflect on it. Now, he says, if you ask, ask Allah. And if you seek help, then seek the help of Allah. If you ask, ask Allah. If you seek help, seek help in Allah. وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَضُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَضُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ He said, and know that if the nations were to come up against you to harm you, they will not be able to harm you with anything Except for that which Allah has written against you. 
Naam, that's a tremendous life lesson. Whatever reaches you would never have missed you, and whatever missed you would never reach you. That helps you deal with life. Helps you deal with life, right? You want to, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, move to this place. It's not decreed for you to move to that place. You move to another place, you deal with it. It wasn't written for me. Whatever's not written for me, I can't have it. You want to, uh, I don't know, get this particular riding vehicle, you can't get it. But then Allah bless you with another one. You don't, you don't, cry, you don't cry over it. You don't worry about spilled milk, right? Because if it's not meant for you, you can't have it. And whatever's meant for you, can't nobody take it. Now, person want to marry this particular person, huh? Can't marry that person. That person marries somebody else. Person, huh? Huh? You don't get too broken up about it. She don't get too broken up about it. Why? Because whatever's written for them is theirs and whatever's not is not. More so for the more so for the men though. But that example, that example really wasn't that clear when I say she and he and all that stuff. Why? Because a man if a woman wanna marry a man and that man marry another woman, right? If that woman that he married his only wife, then she could be his wife too. Right? She could be his wife too. She'd be the second one or the third one or the fourth one. That's fine. Okay, so that so the so the example is a little deficient as it relates to her. But for but for the man, she married another man, that's it. He can't marry her too. She ain't gonna have two husbands. <laughs> so so that's it. It's over. It's over. You can't get her. That's it. You understand? So but you don't get too you don't get too you know. Bent out of shape, why? If it's not for you, you'll never get it. And what's for you, can't nobody else have it. You understand? This, yani, subhanAllah, when, yani, uh, the maker or whatever, my makeup, yeah, got a lot of time to mix everything. When they bottled up that juice, when they bottled up that juice, right? There was a portion of that juice that was allocated for each of us. Portion now was in a cup. Whatever we drink from it in our body, that, that was ours. You understand? Every last drop, every last molecule that was decreed and written for us is ours. No one else can have it. What's in here and I drink it, that's it. No one else can drink it. You understand? Now, if I don't drink it and, it, and then it spill, then the ants come and drink it, that's because the, the remainder wasn't for me. It was for the ants to drink it. You understand? So whatever's written for you is yours. Whatever is, is not, is not yours. And you can't never have it. So this is something that is this is a tremendous life lesson he's given to this small, this small young boy. And then the Prophet Sallallahu said at, at the end of the hadith, رُفِعَتِ الْأَقْلَامِ suhuf that the pens have been lifted and the ink has dried, or the, uh, the scrolls have dried, yani. The pens have been lifted and the scrolls have dried. And this hadith, yani, famous hadith, hadith, أَخْرَجُوا تِرْمِذِي wa the Sheikh goes on to conclude and he says this particular uh, point or any uh, section and he says he said and this is what is Iman in Allah this is what it means to believe in Allah and this is it, and and it and it is established upon these uh, three pillars that was mentioned, meaning 
that we have to believe in Tawheed al-Rububiyyah with Tawheed al-Asma wa Sifat and we have to believe in Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah or Ibadah or Ilahiyyah correctly Naam in order to properly and correctly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Deen al-Islam Summiya Tawheeda and this is that which the Deen of Islam is established upon and this is what it has been called this is what has been called the name Tawheed Naam because it is built upon the Iman and singing out Allah alone in his lordship in his names and his attributes and inside of his ibadah he said an individual will not be one who truly believes in Allah He will not be a believer in Allah Until he believes in it And he establishes it That which it points to And that which is necessitated from Tawheed and sincerity unto Allah wa ta'ala and then the Shaykh he goes on to get into the next pillar which is the Iman in the Malaika is the belief in the Malaika but ta'ala we will save that for the next class as its discussion has a nice bit of length to it فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرًا